This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. The 12th day of August of 2019 was anything but glorious for Argentina, its economy, its financial markets as well. On the telephone now to talk about what happened yesterday, which was quite extraordinary, is Vivian Tabra, Portfolio Manager at Investec Asset Management. The Argentinian financial markets were in turmoil, in tailspin turmoil yesterday. Vivian, please give us the background. Yes. So so Argentina in 2015 elected a market-friendly government, and it was the first move away from Peronism in, in, in many years. So what we saw on the back of that was we saw a government that tried to introduce market-friendly policy and make adjustments, albeit um, at a very gradual, a gradual pace. Um, and against that backdrop, uh, we've now moved into a new election, and that election is taking place against very high inflation numbers and an economic recession that has really hurt the man in the street. And what we had seen was we'd, we'd seen a sort of an increasing focus by the Peronists to actually join back together from Kirchnerism and more moderate Peronism in, and present a united front. So Macri was facing an uphill challenge to get re-elected anyway, um, given the backdrop. But market polls were showing that he was likely um, – to get into a second round, and that in a second round, he was likely to win, um, even if by a very slight margin. And I think that's basically what the market had been pricing in. Now, in Argentina, we have what they call a PASO, which is a is a primary in which the official candidate for the presidential election from each coalition or party gets picked. But what has happened in this PASO is that effectively each party or coalition has only put through one candidate. And that means because that PASO is compulsory in Argentina, this turned into a live poll of what is going to take place in the political arena when we get to the first round of the presidential election on the 27th of October. So the market was expecting that Macri would come in in second, but that he would be pretty close to Fernandez, and that um, this would indicate that there would be quite a competitive election campaign as we got into October. What happened was the polls, which are notoriously unreliable in Argentina, proved to be completely wrong. So the average of the polls had sort of Macri around 37, 38%, Fernandez around 39%, and then the third candidate, Lavagna, coming in at under 10%. What happened was that Fernandez came out with 47% of the vote versus Macri's 32%. And that's really what threw the markets into complete and absolute turmoil. Yes, OK, we'll come to that in a moment. Does it historically suggest that the October the 27th vote will be exactly the same? Or due to the notorious nature of, for example, the Argentinian polling system, does it mean that there's also a little bit of doubt about whether the primary will also translate itself into the real thing? I think the problem with what's happening in Argentina at the moment is although there is a very small probability that Macri could actually recover enough to actually get into a second round, given the polarisation that we've seen in this particular election, it is very unlikely because we have a third candidate that is trailing so far behind that there's not a lot of votes really that can flip backwards or forwards. 
So for there to be a second round on the October the 27th um, first round election, two things have to have to happen. Either um, there has to be a gap of less than 10% between the two leading candidates, with the leading candidate have, ha- having got over 40%, or if the gap is smaller than that, the leading candidate has to get under 45%. So if the leading candidate gets either over 45%, or over 40%, but with a 10-point lead to the second candidate, there's no second round in Argentina. And given that we had a 15-point difference and Fernandez got above 47%, it makes it very unlikely that Macri can, can recover. And on the back of that, we also have to remember that this primary vote that we saw was really a protest vote against what was happening in the economy, against this recession that we see, and falling real wages, although they have started to stabilize in recent months, and very high inflation. So it was really a backlash against what's happening on the economy. What happens now is we've had another massive depreciation um, in the exchange rate overnight. That was 17%. um, And this filters very quickly through into Argentinian inflation because there's very high pass-through. That means that inflation is going to look worse again by the time that we get to the October side and growth is going to look worse again. So this means it's a very difficult position for Macri to recover from. And we also have to remember that the centre, which is Lavagna, at the moment that sat with around 8.4% of the vote in the primary, um, those members and members of the moderate Peronists that had aligned themselves with President Macri are now going to look to try and survive. So there's a likelihood that you start to see some sort of backstage dealing to try and ensure that they have positions um, and manage to get congressional seats as we go into the first round. Because what is likely to happen is that uh, the fernandez Kirchner ticket Um, because ex-president Christina Kirchner is vice president on the Fernandez ticket, are also likely to win a majority in Congress and a majority in the Senate. Incredibly complex uh, political system we seem to have in Argentina at the moment. What is not so incredibly complex is the fact that the population seems to be dissatisfied with the incumbent and with the inflation, with the state of the economy, etc. But even you, as a seasoned Latin American and Argentine analyst, must have been shocked by what you saw, because I think we saw a 48% fall in the equity market. As you said, the Argentinian peso, because of the peso, fell dramatically as well. It must have been a shock to you. Yes, I mean, I mean, we also saw the dollar bonds fall by about 19 points. So that was a 25% capital loss on on sort of the benchmark 2028 hard currency bond. So, yes, it was a big surprise. I think, you know, from our perspective, we had thought um, that the market was priced a little bit for perfection um, and for a Macri win, given how tight things were. So we were a little bit cautious. But we certainly didn't expect the outcome that we got. And the horrifying thing about this is, you know, Argentina, since it's come back into the markets, has got a 56 billion IMF package. And it's effectively being taken out of the hard currency markets in terms of need to issue until 2020. But what has happened is because of the success success of weakness that we've seen um, in terms of these sell-offs on the Argentine peso, it means that as at the end of last year, gross debt to GDP was sitting at around 86%, um, which are the numbers that the IMF put out when they did 
they last review in July, a 25% depreciation, further depreciation on the currency, of which we saw 17% yesterday, would mean that that debt level goes to over 100%, which means that it's really unsustainable. Yeah, this is quite disturbing. I mean, it's almost got Venezuela written all over it, but in a, a slightly less dramatic form. Do you think that apart from everything you've said, apart from the dissatisfaction with the incumbent, apart from the economic woes that Argentina is currently suffering, do you think there's also an influence from populism? Do you think the population was influenced by a worldwide populist movement and not just worldwide, but also closer to home in Brazil? Was that a factor, do you think? I think the rise of populism is obviously a factor. I think, you know, in Argentina, though, that is also combined with a very strong Peronist history. But ultimately what we had, and I think, you know, this is this is the lesson for emerging markets, is is we had a government that came in against a backdrop of a lot of challenges, but quite a favorable um, global backdrop. So it decided that the adjustments that were needed could be done slowly. And the reality is that often, you know, the whole global cycle turns and churns and things happen and adjustments probably need to be done faster. And the man in the street needs to be made to understand that these adjustments are necessary. And I think in Argentina, the adjustment has just really been too much to bear. And and Fernandez, when he's come out on his campaign trail, has promised to increase real wages again, has promised to give pensioners more money, um, you know, things that are easy to promise, but much more difficult to deliver. Sounds like politics are worldwide, actually, Vivian. Yes. What is the central bank doing now? And what do you think the stance of Fernandez, should he become the next leader of Argentina? What do you think his stance will be towards the central bank? First question, though, what has the central bank done? Any word from them? So the central bank came in yesterday and intervened on a sort of rule-based intervention that they had put in place. So they did start buying Argentine pesos and selling dollars in the market, and they will continue to do that to try and slow the pace of depreciation, but they're not going to stand uh, stand against the trend. They have a fair amount of reserves. They have around uh, over $60 billion in, in reserves. I think it's around $68 billion in, in reserves, and they will utilize some of that to try and stabilize the markets. But, uh, you know, against a backdrop of quite heavy positioning, and what could be, um, although not as big as the last round of depreciation we saw, what could be continued local domestic dollar buying, it's a difficult position for them to be in. They also raised um, short-term interest rates by over 10% uh, last night, so we've got short-term rates sitting at close to 75%. That's extraordinary. Now, let's talk about portfolio positioning from your point of view. Is this an opportunity to get in or an opportunity to get out, particularly when it comes to Argentinian bonds? Well, I think, you know, we're in the fortunate position that we did reduce exposure into the the, the primary on the weekend. We are looking at the market and we have to consider, you know, what the reality is in terms of of whether they'll be able to continue to pay their debt going forward. And um, if they're forced to restructure, what kind of haircut will be required, what that restructuring is going to look like. And it's going to take a while for the market to settle. So from our perspective, you know, we're going to watch things closely and consider all those things before we actually look to sort of 
increase any positioning going forward. You know, if the market bounces strongly on the back of intervention, then we'll have to consider whether it's actually more prudent to take to take more off. I think the situation is very fluid. Asset prices are going to be exceptionally volatile. We expect the downward bias, though, um, to continue over the short term as we move into the 27th of October. Is this an isolated emerging market disaster, a short-term disaster anyway, or is this something that could spread elsewhere? I mean, for example, South Africa. How does an emerging market investor view this event, which unfolded astonishingly yesterday? Well, I think sort of the extreme that we've seen and and the challenges that Argentina faces are quite peculiar to Argentina. You know, but there are other emerging markets out there that are vulnerable, and there are other emerging markets out there that are managing their their fiscal and their debt situation and their inflation story quite well. So. For those vulnerable markets, yes, there was a degree of contagion yesterday, and particularly in, in, in Latin America. I mean, we did see it in South Africa as well, but those markets bounced quite strongly into the end of the day. So that although they did end off, it wasn't a huge, it wasn't a huge sell-off. But certainly against a more challenging global backdrop, I think emerging markets are vulnerable. What's your instinct? Final question. Now, what's your instinct? Having seen what's unfolded over the last 36 hours, uh, knowing Argentina as you do, what's your instinct about the next move, positive or negative? Well, I think looking at the way markets are opening at the moment, it feels like there's still going to be further softness. So my instinct would be just to stand back at the moment. But I think the market's going to fall a little bit further from here, particularly Argentina. But given the global backdrop, it's going to be hard for other markets to rally against that, even though we do see some quite good value in other emerging markets. Vivian, thank you so much for your analysis. That's Vivian Tabra, Portfolio Manager at Investec Asset Management in Cape Town. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.